White Report, no, I am not Ryan Collins. No, he is not Trent Bally. He's Joe Dandron, and I'm Eric Bach, and Henry Menegos is here. I'm still here. Fellas, <laughs> how's it going, man? This is We're filling in this week. This is just going to be a fun Green and White Report this week without the regulars, just us, us three stooges trying to fill in a radio show this week, huh, Joe? Oh, man. Eric, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll tell you that. And three Me too, stooges, man. Three Stooges might be an understatement. That's right. That's right. I mean, there's lots to talk about. I mean, there's even though there are no sports at the college level happening anytime soon, or at Michigan State University, for that matter, happening anytime soon, the show goes on. And so I know that Collins starts the show every week with what pissed him off. And so I'm going to follow suit and, and start the same way. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying that this has been building inside of me for a long time, this, this, these thoughts. And so, you know, who pissed, you know what pissed me off this, this whole week? Americans. Americans pissed me off this week because we have had a non-functioning society, basically since March, right? Because the NCAA tournament got canceled. All professional sports were delayed. College football now looks like it has already met its maker in the fall season for the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and the spring season doesn't look promising. So I saw a quote this week from Sean Doolittle, who's a relief pitcher in Major League Baseball pretty outspoken guy. He said, sports are the reward of a functioning society. Think about that for a second. Sports are the reward of a functioning society. Are we a functioning society right now? Do we have the leadership that we need to tackle this virus and bring back some sense of normalcy to our lives? I think the answer is no. Are Americans willing to follow directions and wear their mask in public so we can do the green and white report in person. Like, so we don't have to do it over zoom. And so America is the only country in this world right now that is as developed as we are, that has not gotten a handle on this virus. And it's simply because there has been no national response and Americans don't want to listen because they're, they just don't, they don't want to be told, oh, because it's infringing on their quote-unquote freedoms, but freedom is being able to get this virus under control and to be able to get back to normal so we can have sports, so we can go to the bar with our friends, so we can do all the things that we took for granted before. And now the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled their Football for their fall football seasons with the hopes of p- playing in spring, and the other leagues are gonna have to do it too. So we we don't deserve it. Sean Doolittle is right. Sports are the reward of a functioning society. Right now, we don't have a functioning society. The only way sports are working are in bubbles in the NBA, and Major League Baseball is having mixed results with their season. I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals have played five games this entire year because they, have, they had an outbreak. And they 
allegedly had another coach test positive yesterday. So the end is not nearly in sight for the Cardinals. So these other three leagues, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, who are scheduled to play football in the fall still, they're just making themselves look like greedy, money-grabbing idiots because there's going to inevitably be an outbreak on one of these teams or multiple of these teams, God forbid, and they're just going to have to pull the plug and do it in the spring or do it not until next fall because people because people can't follow directions or provide guidance on how to actually contain this virus. So you know what, Joe? That's what pissed me off this week. He's bad. He's angry. I can, I, can, I can see the anger. Well, not see. I can hear the anger for those who will be listening to this. And, Eric, you know, I'm just happy the NBA is being played right now. That's, the NBA um, has been a blessing. It oh, has. it has. It has. As someone, Eric, yourself, who is often critical yes. of the often. NBA, um, yes. I'm just happy it's back. And I'm happy baseball's back, too. And, you know, oh my I, God, yes. I, I agree with what I agree with your sentiment, too, about college football. And, you know, I mean, this is bigger than a game. Well, they, it, we're talking about life. We're talking about, you know, lives at stake, people's lives. I mean, millions and millions of lives and the economic impacts of this, which we will not see for months until this is all kind of we've come to fruition the vaccine. We're not going to see. Could be more. years. Yeah, the economic impacts of this may end up in the long term being much more far-reaching than a lot of things that have happened, and and that's a whole other conversation. Um, and, and what you're saying too about looking at them like money-grabbing idiots, well, that's what it's about. It's about money, you know. The NCAA and these conferences, in my opinion, don't care about the athletes. They care about making money. That's what college athletics are built around: putting money in the pockets of athletic directors, people who run the conferences, all these things. I, you know what, that's just how I feel, whether, you know, and, and, and that's a hard thing because it's, it's, this is bigger than a game. It's bigger than college football. It was that, is that tough? Yeah. Americans didn't do the right thing. Um, the nation, we didn't take the necessary steps to have college football. That happened. And now we've got to look at the consequences of that. So, you know, it's going to be weird not having college football this fall. Eric, you and I both who have covered college yeah. football for the better part of the last two seasons, um, yeah. myself the last two years, and Eric, you know, me and you the entire last season. And, and that's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You know, we're both college seniors. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of different things. College is, looks very different than it does when I got here. And, 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 that's, and that's a hard thing to grapple with sometimes, you know. And I, I remember, and I read a quote, um, I, did you see the quote from the UMass coach? Yes, that yeah. is absurd. Okay, and 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 Bach, I'm glad that you know that you did because that quote, and I wanted to bring this up. As much as I don't agree with it, I don't. I kind of did some background in looking into who he was, you know, his story. I looked up like his whole path, why he talked about his parents that way whatever because some people don't have strong maybe he there maybe there's no relationship with a family member here's let's for the listeners let's read the quote this is yeah, here, well and, uh, you, and you, i've got umass football coach walt bell on canceling the season quote you know my dad passed away in 2008 my biological mom od'd in 2012 and to be honest with you 
this is probably a tougher day than both of those, talking about the cancellation of UMass's football season. Well, and, and, and that's the problem here. This is only an excerpt of the total quote. That's not even the start of the quote. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the full thing. And okay. the context, they went 1-11 last season. Obviously, this game means a lot to him. Here's the full quote from the UMass head coach, football coach. I'll tell you guys the same way I told my players. And what Eric just said, you know, my dad passed away in 2008. My biological mom OD'd in 2012. And to be honest with you, this is probably a tougher day than both those days. He continued, you know, it's one thing when it's your own family and you've got a job to do and be the caretaker for the other people. But when you've got to go look 100 some odd, or 109, 18 to 20 year olds and in the face and tell them that their dreams aren't going to happen, that is a devastating deal. The session continued on for another 40 minutes with Bell addressing such questions as what he said to his players. And the AD talked about it and said he said what he said. For some background, it's true that Bell has been candid about his family. Editor-in-chief of the UMass Daily Collegian and a 2020 UMass graduate, Amin Tori, wrote a lengthy feature on Bell last October, which discussed, among other things, his biological mother's decision to leave the family when he was a youngster. They didn't see each other for years. He was living in Memphis when she died from a drug overdose. His father, Dr. Walter Bell III, died in 2008. So I, I'm not defending, nor do I agree with his sentiment, um, because everybody has hardship in their lives. I guarantee you a lot of people have experienced much more real-life things. And I had a conversation with some friends about this. You know, he, what he said I thought was a little extreme, and it says a lot about the nature of how football is treated in the country. Of course, a game as violent as it is. And also, I think you also need to look at the bigger picture with what he said. But in, it, in some ways, too, it shows how much that game means to people and how hard it is going to be for a lot of people who need the game. You know, young people, young people who are trying to get a college scholarship to advance not their own athletic career, but an educational opportunity. There's a lot of reasons why football being canceled is not going to be a good thing for a lot of people on a lot of different levels. And so, you know, do I think that it's the worst thing that could happen in the world? No, it's not. It's by far not. But I, do just, I did think it was important to see the full picture with that um, because I felt like that excerpt of the quote really did him a disservice in some ways. But also at the same time, maybe he should have toned it back a little bit. If you say something about how losing a football season is worse than losing a family member, no, I'm, I'm, just, I, it, you deserve the backlash that you get. And, and like I said, I'm not agreeing with it. Just wanted to point out, the full context here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's tough for a lot of people. And um, I know, Eric, you were on the Zoom with F- Michigan yeah. State Athletic Director Bill Beekman yesterday, if you want to kind of talk about that, too. Yeah, yeah. There's what he had to say, because I know there were some interesting points that he brought up. There's a lot of stuff that was covered. Um, there was one point where Beekman was asked about how the Big Ten's, how the Big Ten is different than these other leagues. And he's basically just to the Big Ten, we don't really care about what the other leagues are doing. We're going to make the best decision for our student-athletes. And which is interesting and shows, and I wrote this in the article yesterday, the, the perhaps deadly flaw of college football is going to be the fact that there's no central leadership organization and there's no central leader the fact that all these conferences, it's, it's just like the American response to, to the coronavirus. It's, it was left up to the states. And college football has a bunch of 
big powerful states in the power five conferences and the fact that they have been able to just kind of do whatever the heck they want has shown such a disconnect between the medical i mean if the big 10 that myo I don't even, myocarditis, I believe is how you say it, is the heart condition that's been linked to COVID-19 has been found in at least 15 athletes in the Big Ten who have tested positive. If that's like a real threat, the fact that these other, these other conferences are continuing on with the season before more research is done about, about this heart defect that could be caused by COVID is irresponsible and could, God forbid, end up costing somebody a lot of health if not their life and so i feel like we as americans have almost become like desensitized to people dying from covid because it's just we've seen it over and over and over again in the news i mean there's over 150,000 people that died that have died from covid and 3,000 people 3,000 give or take people died in 9/11 and 150,000 people have died in from COVID. So obviously it's just, I feel like people aren't taking the gravity of that seriously enough, but Beekman talked about possibility of the spring, how they're really pushing on for the spring. There's been other ideas floated around. James Franklin from Penn state said the other day that um, they could play multiple games in the dome stadiums of the Midwest um, in, in Detroit, Indianapolis, and Minneapolis to cre- kind of create a bubble atmosphere. Beekman did say that bubbles are possible for basketball. They haven't really discussed it much yet, but the fact that the NBA bubble has worked um, so well, they haven't had a positive test since July, and now it's we're two weeks into August. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's, there's options out there. Um, Jeff Brom from Purdue – laid out a plan yesterday in the athletic basically saying that there's a two proposing a two-week training camp starting January 16th in 2021 the game the season ending um the regular season ending on April 17th a 16 playoff that would end um on basically May 15th and then into the next season pushing this the next season back so there's enough recovery time there's there's a lot of there's a lot of details in there that we're not going to cover, but there's there's proposals out there. And the other thing is, how did Jeff Brom from Purdue come up with a more detailed proposal for the Big Ten football season than the entire conference did in five months? He did that hey, in three days. Hey, good like, school. what are we doing? Purdue, how, excellent, how, excellent engineering school. I don't know. Yeah, he probably consulted some of the experts in the colleges there and. Those Purdue people, man, Indiana, smart group of folks. Huh? How did you have five months to come up with some with a plan and just epically fail if you're the Big Ten? <laughs> just egg on your face. Did we lose him? We lost him. We lost him. Well, as we are experiencing technical difficulties, we're – Oh, Eric might be back any second, and he—I don't know if he will be, but we're gonna filibuster. Joe, I want to ask you. I want to throw this to you while while we're yes. waiting for Eric yes. to get back. What, what your thoughts? Just I guess in general, your thoughts on a spring football season. What does that look like to you? Well, spring football to me, unless you call, if, if we if we try to do a spring, like, do you see that being a feasible option? But I think you, you got to follow the model that's worked, right? You got to do the bubble if you do it. 
you got to play in like certain locations and you got to bring everybody in one. You have to have people stay in centralized locations, but they're students too, right? Like they've got class, they've got this or that. Do I think that we're in in three weeks when school starts? Do I think that there's still going to be um, in-person learning? No, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, we're going to have, Next thing you know, you're going to, you're going to be seeing a full college. You're going to, there's going to be videos popping up of college football players, you know, drinking at freps and, you know, whatever. And, and that's, I mean, they're college students, right? Like they're college students and they're young people. If you can't even get, you know, if you're having people from the NBA sneaking people into the bubble and you got Lou Williams sneaking out to a club in Orlando to Gotta get them wings, to get wings, Gotta get them wings, you know, it's, how bizarre how, was that? That was one of the most – that is the most NBA thing ever to happen, and I love it. And how about so, the Seattle Seahawks cutting the guy for trying to sneak the woman into the, the team hotel? He tried to disguise her as a, as a player, put her in a jersey and everything. I love it. I mean – Got to get crafty. That is insane. You got to get crafty in these times. And cutting him, ruthless by the Seahawks. But spring football, to me, just unless you have a vaccine or – I, I, how is that feasible? What, what's going to look different between then and now? If America continues on the path that they're on of lack of action with the virus, there's absolutely no chance spring football happens. No. Zero. Which is tough. Oh, and, and, I mean, and Eric, yeah, you and I have had a lot of extensive conversations about this off the air. And it's, that's just part of it, you know. Um, I, I just don't know how feasible it is. They're, these are young people who are college students, just like us, just like anybody. How do you, and that is not something that's easy to control, especially at the college level, because professional athletes have a way bigger stake, a financial stake in things, their careers, their livelihoods. A lot of times, these most large majority aren't going to play professional football. And yeah. that's, and that and, and that and that lessens the stakes for a lot of people. True. So it's, it's such a slippery slope, and it's all we can talk to. We're blue in the face about it, but it's not going to happen unless the virus gets under control, no. and bubble or not. So people wear your mask and stay six feet away from each other if you want spring football. I guess is all I have to say at this point. But um. Moving on to Michigan State basketball, as as far as as far as Michigan State basketball has gone, this the recruiting trail. Tom Izzo has gotten his mojo back on the recruiting trail. Another another commitment yesterday from from Jaden Akins of formerly of Farmington, now going to Ipsy Prep Academy with Amani Bates in the twenty twenty one class. Four star, number two player in Michigan, number ten point guard nationally, a true point guard, a true point guard, which is what this class was missing. Got a couple of shooting mm -hmm. guards and. Pierre Brooks and uh, Max Christie already committed for 2021, but the Izzo's putting what a run for Izzo. I, I, the Christie, the one that I love the most is Max Christie, Imani number Bates, one player in Illinois. That he's a five star. Yeah, and Imani Bates, of course. Like I, that yeah. goes without saying that he is the best get. Michigan State, that is probably the biggest recruit Michigan State has gotten, in my opinion. Imani Bates, since I mean, you gotta and. And maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but I mean, and you know, maybe I'm smoking crack or something. But <laughs> it's <laughs> if it, to me, it's got to be a Bates is like the biggest guy that they've gotten since Johnson, since Magic. Oh, easily. 
because he's the biggest, question. It, like to me, here's the tier of high school basketball recruits. When you look at the recent history, LeBron, like you've got LeBron, Melo, Melo, Melo was massive coming out of, that was a huge deal when he, Syracuse winning national championship as a freshman. And then you've got Zion Williamson, Kevin yep. Durant, I would say in Zion are like Kevin Durant, one, a Zion, one B there. And then it's Bates, right? Yeah. Like, well, I, and Bates is technically, of course, right now in the class of 2022, and there's speculation that he'll never step foot on campus at Michigan State, that he'll just go pro. But which there's I, also a lot of speculation that he's going to reclassify to 2021, only play one more year in high school, and then he'd be too young to go to the G League for the NBA. So he'd have to play one year at Michigan State. And, you know, now that um, that Jaden Aikens, yesterday's commitment, is going to Ipsy Prep Academy to play with Imani Bates, that looks a, a lot. Yeah. It's a strong indicator that Amani yes. might be considering reclassifying and coming to Michigan State a year early. And yesterday he posted on his Instagram story when Aikens committed of himself, like in the green and white. So as of right now, I mean, things could change tomorrow. We know that. But as of right now, it I, seems I think, I that think indicators that Amani's going to be on the floor and he's lancing for Thomas. Yes. And shameless plug. I've got a column on the WDBM website that breaks down the options that face Imani Bates and what I thought he might choose. So check that out too. But a shameless plug, Eric, I had to. So had to. Also, gotta get, the, gotta, well, gotta get that in it, there. Well, it's looking even better now because you've got all these guys who are from the east side of the state, Brooks, Aikens, um, you know, and then you've got the five-star Christie who has probably been on the AAU circuit and been in contact with Bates, of course. I guarantee you Bates has told all these guys I'm reclassifying because, and that's just not public. Because to me, I don't guarantee that, but that's what I think is happening. Why, why else would you commit? If you, why would you even go through the trouble of committing if you never thought you were going to play? Right? That's a good point. Why would you go on ESPN, the biggest sports platform in the United States, and maybe and one of the biggest platforms in the world for sports, and publicly on Sports Center? say yeah i'm going to michigan state why would you go through all this trouble and then all these big guys start coming in it's like i mean i can it's like it's like the whole big three thing with like when lebron opted out and like bosh and dwayne like those guys when the heat all got together in 2011 it was one of those things where i guarantee you there's a group touch and it's like all right this is what we're gonna do and and it's because that's, I mean, basketball is like that. You People want to win and they want to win together. In the AAU circuit, a lot of these guys know each other, are friends, play together. It's because of things like that, even if they live in all these different places. So, you know, I think the addition of Aikens really solidifies the fact that Bates probably is going to reclassify to come play only the one year, and it's going to be an all-or-nothing year if he does. Um and Aikens, like you said, I mean, he brings a different element in terms of guard play than Christie does and Pierre Brooks. Obviously, you've got A.J. Hoggard, who's like a combo guard, shooting guard. Um, and then you've got the potential for Rocket Watts to still kind of be in the mix. I mean, yep. deep guard rotation there. I would expect – I think that the expectation is probably for Watts if he has a big year. Yeah. The part. But, you know, I mean, with all the additions that have happened, especially with Aikens, um, but man, what a roster and what a summer for Izzo in terms of recruiting, you know, just being able to get 
I mean, this is the best recruiting stretch he's probably ever seen. And it's coming at the twilight of his time at Michigan State. I mean, what is he, 68, 67? You know, obviously he can I he's. I think he's 64 or 5. Oh, I was very but, close. Um, <laughs> Hank, what does your gut say about Imani Bates coming to Michigan State? Yeah, I was just gonna say that I think I think especially this this latest piece that was being that you know like you said the true point guard being added, it almost just kind of seems like it's all like it's all too perfect. You know, I th- I think yeah. that I think that's almost it's a sign that you know, you know, like you said, he's going to be playing at the prep school with uh with with Bates this next year. I just think it's the perfect storm um to to see these guys actually on campus. With I think he's gonna reclassify and be there in 2021. Um, but my question for you guys. Is like we said, this is almost like an uncharacteristic, like, you know, all these – like, Izzo getting these big guys all of a sudden out of high school. It's, it's, it's like a different look for Michigan State. How do you see – how do you see that, like, transpiring for the Spartans? How do you see Izzo working with these kind of different style of players now all of a sudden, a different level of players, really? And, Eric, I, you, I just wanted to add this into what Hank is saying. That's a good question because, I mean, you look at guys like Christy, I mean, a lot, in a lot of ways, you look at how these guys play. Bates is a guy who you're going to give the rock to every down down the floor, right? You know, Aikens is a guy who is a great passer, a really, really good passer, and a really good facilitator running the offense in high school at Farmington. And then you've also got Christie, pure shooter. He is like everything pure shooter is all about. Good lifts on a jumper, good form, length. He's an incredible – he's going to be a very good shooter. I think Christie will play in the league because of his shooting ability, and that's primarily why. Um, and then you've got, you know, Pure Brooks, and who – great athlete, you know, slasher, guard, really complimentary to a guy like Akins who loves to get other guys to rock, who can also get his own. I think that offense will be dynamic, to say the least. And then you've got guys like Sissoko, a defender. You've also got a mix of guys who can defend, too. When you look down the road, you've got some glue guys who could stay in the mix. You look at Marble, who will probably be a four-year guy. Um, Bingham, who also will be. Really going to have a really good blend. But it's going to be interesting to see how Izzo Hansel handles young star talent like that. Because Bates, I mean, I'm going to say this. Seeing a good amount of high school basketball, Eric, you've seen much more than I have as a ref. But I saw Bates play – when he was 14 years old at Breslin in the state semifinals. And I have very few times seen a basketball player who dictates everything who, other than Zion Williamson and LeBron James. Very few times have I ever watched a basketball player at, at the level he's playing at dictate things in a way that Bates does. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything, because everything's got to run through him in my opinion. Well, Eric, before and- you jump in, I just want to add um, – we're looking at a team that Izzo, Izzo's squad is, is usually based on a team that he, he takes these guys in and he, he develops them over three, four years. So really the question I was trying to get at is, how, does the system change now? What, what are we doing when yeah. we have these five stars coming in for one, you know, one and dones, two years, whatever? You know, yeah. How do we see so, that working for the Spartans? So there's one recent example of this at Michigan State, and that was in 2018 when Jaron Jackson was right. at – and you had Jackson and Bridges. It was Cassius Winston's sophomore year, and it was that class, Winston, Ward, Langford, and Bridges were all sophomores, and Jackson was a freshman, and that was the team of destiny, right, that was supposed to 
be a shoe in for the national championship. And we all know how that ended with the second round NCAA tournament exit to, to Syracuse. But to, to quickly recap, to quickly say this, I, it's going to be different and it needs, Izzo's going to have to attack it differently than he attacked that team because there was obvious that that team, although they won a big 10 championship, a big 10 regular season championship, basically on sheer talent, they never truly gelled and had that game where you were like, this is what we expected to see. They had moments of it. There were moments of miles bridges, being the Miles Bridges that he was expected to be. Jaron Jackson, I mean, he was basically in foul trouble from the moment he stepped on campus at Michigan State. Now he's killing the NBA bubble. I mean, he has turned into a really nice NBA player. Now, but, oh, yeah, um, the tough injury, too. Well, yeah, I know. But so obviously out for the year, but before that, he was killing it. But um, they never, Izzo never truly found a way to utilize that group's talent in a way that would work together so he's gonna have to adapt and find a way to do that once all these five-star dudes are on campus because you gotta one keep them happy to, so they they're engaged but two coach them to a way so that they're more improved and that they can actually win so it's it's a it's a good question Hank it's a slippery slope and something that Izzo doesn't have a ton of experience doing so it's it's gonna be interesting to watch yeah he so, and as we approach the halfway mark today's show too, you know, it, it, Hank, it's a great question because, and Eric, you do bring up some fair points about that team because that was our first year at college. And I remember, I mean, really the peak memory of that was that game winner against Purdue at the Breslin by Bridges um, against a highly ranked Purdue team. And, you know, but yeah, and I mean, that Syracuse team, I believe went on to the final four or am I incorrect on that? No, they lost to Duke in the Sweet 16. Yes, that's what it was. Um, no, that was a couple years earlier that they were the nine seed that made it that far. Um, and, and that, you know, yeah. And so it could be a slippery slope. And I, I, he's not used to that. He's not like Coach K and Calipari in the sense that he knows how to coach, that he not knows, but is used to coaching a lot of talent at once, like a bunch of five-star level talent, guys who could play in the league type talent. And so that's going to be interesting to see. He developed guys to get to that point, but it's always that initial thing. So, yeah, I mean, hey, great question. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens from here. Before we take a break here, I want to ask you guys just one more quick thing. Your thoughts on the upcoming season. What are, are you thinking? What are you thinking on Bubble here? Is it going to be a feasible option? I know we kind of, yeah. just, I know we kind of beat it to death with football, but like, you know, I just, Real quick before we move on, I want to hear what you guys think about that. Well, Beekman said, Bill Beekman said yesterday that bubbles in basketball are much more feasible than bubbles in football. And it is dependent on classes being online, but there has, there's, they're in very early preliminary talks, them being the Big Ten athletic directors and presidents on how they could feasibly do it. And it, classes obviously have to be online. And because, that's the only way that these players can actually, you know, get their education. Not that that really is a priority of the conferences these days, especially the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12. But honestly, I don't think that they could that the NCAA can go two years in a row without having March Madness. They're going to find a way, and if that means spending millions of dollars to put these people in bubbles, I, I see it happening. 
There's no way right. that they. It that won't the, be a 64 miss- team. You know. No, 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 no. no. no I mean, way, they're gonna absolutely. they're gonna regional it out and figure yeah. out the most logical way for that. To, it can't be like the NBA where you put them all at Disney World. Right. That's well, just, I, I'd imagine it'd be a much smaller tournament. Yeah. Too. Just you know. Well, of course. Just to, yeah. So there's so many factors to consider, but it is on the table. Like Bill Beekman was very much saying yesterday that it is on the table. So I think now we're going to take a short break. Joe's going to be back afterwards with an MSU sports update. So this is the green and white report on the impact. Welcome back to the green and white report, August 16th, 2020. Before we move on, let's send it over to Joe Dandron for an MSU sports update. Thanks, Eric. And now looking at some of the fall consequences of the canceled now delayed or postponed, I should say, college football season. With Michigan State's athletic department preparing for major financial losses without a fall football season, Michigan State Athletic Director Bill Beekman said yesterday that he would not rule out the possibility of eliminating or suspending sports this school year. The total losses could be staggering, potentially $85 million in revenue gone from what last year the athletic director said was around $140 million on budget for Spartans sports. So that means Beekman is directing his coaches and administrators to enter the upcoming school year first, thinking about a bare bones, bottom line. And in NBA news, the Chicago Bulls, man, the Chicago fans are going to be celebrating after this one, fired coach Jim Bolin on Friday, the new front office beginning its remake of a team that missed the playoffs again. The Bulls were 22-43 and and were one of the eight teams that didn't qualify for the NBA's restart at Walt Disney World. That meant they wouldn't make the postseason for the fourth time in five years. And, of course, in other NBA news, the bubble. And the bubble Suns not getting in to the play-in game in the Western Conference for the eighth seed because of this. Damian Lillard, 42 points last night in a 134-133 win over the Brooklyn Nets. That's his third consecutive game of 40-plus points, and he has scored 51, 61, and then 42 last night in a play-in clinching victory the Nets now headed for the eighth seed in the east and the Blazers going to play the Memphis Grizzlies on Saturday for the eighth seed in the Western Conference and in Detroit sports news we've got the Detroit Tigers opening up a three-game stand this Friday against the Cleveland Indians Nova and Savali facing off on Friday Turnbull and Bieber facing off on the mound on Saturday and Fulmer and Flutko facing off on Sunday Hey, Cleveland, 10 and 9. The Tigers, 9 and 7. Should be a good matchup this weekend. Cleveland, you got to pull together, get that offense going. But that does it for the Impact Sports update. Throw it back to Eric. All right, Joe. So lots to talk about on the professional sports part of the world. The NBA bubble has been very exciting and has exceeded all expectations. Would you agree with that, Hank? You're nodding. I, I, the, I'm not normally an NBA guy. And the bubble well, has been has been a treat. I will I will say that it's been very successful logistically. Oh, um, totally. Which is the yeah. most important thing. That's that's what I mean. That's what I'm nodding about. the The competitiveness, the intensity has definitely been lacking. I think it's been picking up. You can tell. You know, it's definitely ramping well, up. Now the playoffs are actually starting. now the playoffs are here. But you still kind of. I remember still kind of when I was first watching. Like you can't shake this feeling that you're just like. Sahama like stumbled into the secret open gym that's going on and they're playing to like yeah definitely in a sports star world I'm all for it and I think it's been awesome to to have it the past few weeks just to quickly go over the the playoff matchups Utah and Denver 
are Utah in the Western Conference. It's Utah and Denver, Dallas and the LA Clippers, Houston and Oklahoma City, which is by far the most intriguing match of the of the first round with Russell Westbrook and his first playoffs with the Rockets taking on um, his former team, which with Chris Paul and, Chris and the Paul, Oklahoma yeah. City Thunder and um, the LA Lakers, who are the number one seed in the West, taking on the winner of the, of the play-in game between the Trailblazers and the, um, who are they playing, Joe? The Trailblazers and the Grizzlies. Memphis and the Grizzlies, who just lost Jaron Jackson Jr. to injury for the for the season to injury, which is really crappy for them because, as as I said earlier, Jaron was killing it in the East. Uh, Brooklyn and Toronto, Philly and Boston; those two always seem to hook up in the playoffs, don't they? Seventy Sixers and the Celtics. Um, Orlando sneaks their way in to the eight seed. They'll take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis back fresh off his headbutt of Mo Wagner, which I absolutely loved. Like somebody needs to put that dude in his place. And Giannis got ejected and suspended. Completely worth it. Buck's still the one seed. They'll take on the Magic. Indiana Pacers, Miami Heat in the other Eastern Conference matchup. So that might be the best matchup of any. Pacers in the Heat. Oh, because of that Jimmy Butler, T.J. Warren beef? Because T.J. Warren, yeah. also, how – 53 points earlier, I think it was, this bubble, earlier in the bubble season. The Pacers, man. With bubble T- MVP, man. Bubble MVP. T.J. Warren, you're saying, Hank? Well, I don't know thus about far, that. thus far. Lillard, Lillard's well, the bubble. I think well, Lillard okay. – I think Lillard's sixty. I think Lillard's scoring like a thousand points in three games. What about what about Devin? Yeah. Oh, how about the Suns going undefeated in the bubble and then still missing the playoffs? What kind of that crap is, is that? I wanted like that's what I was going to. Why talk. invite them to the bubble? They literally did absolutely everything they could in the bubble. Why hey. invite them if they have no chance to make? Hey, my guy Monty Williams. They got better. Monty the book man. He is a star. He's going to get paid. Fourth, fourth fastest player to seven thousand points. He's hey, Draymond's working on him. Draymond's working on him, guys. I know. Draymond <laughs> Green fined 50000 by the NBA for tampering. Yeah, a lot has happened since last week. I mean, huh? that – Last week. Devin Booker, that picture of him laying down after hitting the game winner was – is like him just like – is basically like him laying on the beach. That's like an iconic photo. It's almost but, like Dame time. The Dame time picture. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Up, it's up there with that. Totally. And, and Lillard – I mean, Lillard's the MVP of the bubble, right? I mean, he's scored like 154 points in the last three games, which is just absurd. It's just absurd. And, Joe, you said you were going to bet the house on, uh, on the Blazers winning the, the playing game? No, so last night, no, last night someone said, uh, Brendan Shabath, a fellow Impact Sports volunteer and, I guess, friend of the show, um, <laughs> Brett Shabath said the other day, we have a you know, group chat talking about just you know, shooting the breeze about sports. He goes, over under on 40 points for uh, Dame Lillard. And I said immediately, I said, I will bet $4,000 that he scores over 40 points if I have to. I'll put every single dollar I have on that he scores 40 and gets 42. Man, I will say this. Damian Lillard is like the most – like the rate, like I said, I remember talked about this before we started the show. The ratings for that game last night, I heard on the radio, crazy, great. 
for just an NBA game, just an NBA, like not even the playoffs, not the finals, anything. And the Blazers who, I mean, bet the house, bet the farm, bet the entire world that they are going to beat the Grizzlies. I would put the mortgage. I would put everything that they beat the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies, especially now the Grizzlies don't have Jaron too. Two and six in the bubble. Yeah. So Blazers six and two. And had they been healthy all season, they're a three or four seed with Nurkic healthy. Um, with I can't remember who else they got Whiteside late in the year. You know, they made some roster changes that have really and Gary Trent Jr., who somehow is making every shot he seemingly takes after like not even being in the NBA like two months ago or like whatever. I I never I had no idea who Gary Trent was like six weeks ago. And then every time I see him, he's shooting a jump shot and it's going in. And it's just, you know, and it's that team is just falling, you know, Mello is scoring. He had 20 points in three last four games. C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard are probably the second best backcourt in the league behind Clay and Steph when healthy. Um, that is, let's, yeah. let's just go quickly through the matchups um, the and, and make your quick in – in both the West and the East and make your quick first-round pick, like one sentence. I, I'll start. I'll just go through. Um, I've got the Nuggets over the Jazz um, just because that's just – how I feel. Um, I like, I like Toronto over Brooklyn. Um, the reigning champs, they, they, they know how to win in the playoffs. Boston over Philly because the 76ers cannot get over the Boston hump and they just, no Ben Simmons. And obviously no Ben Simmons. And I don't think Brett Brown's a very good coach. Um, they can't, he can't win in the playoffs, man. Brad Stevens just got extended by Boston. He's comfortable. They're going to win. Um, Boston could be tough. Boston could, be, could make a little noise in this playoffs if they start clicking. Yes. And um, perhaps the, the series that's flying under the radar that shouldn't be in the West, Dallas and the Clippers. How about Luka in the bubble? I mean, Luka well, has been probably the highlight reel of the bubble. Um, sure. And – the Clippers got to be careful. I just, just they got to be real careful. You don't think so, Joe? Okay, no. you're waving Get your hand at me. Get out of here with that. Are you kidding me? They got to be careful, Joe. The Mavericks, Joe. Uh, the Mavs suck. First of all, they got to be they're careful. They're not good. They're not good. I'm they're just not. saying. I'm not saying the Mavs are going to win. I'm just saying that the, the Clippers are could oh. be caught sleeping there. If when Montrez Harrell's back and Lou and Lou, as Charles Barkley said, Lou Chicken Wing Williams. <laughs> <laughs> they, God. man, oh, Lou Money. I am not um, an average guy. Their record in games decided by like single, by like one or two possessions is That's awful. true. And the that's Clippers, true. They're going to have to fix that. And the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and probably the deepest roster in the league. I, I'm just saying, I got a feeling about Luka, man. I don't know. Um, Milwaukee and Orlando obviously give me the Bucks. Um, give me the Heat over the Pacers because of Jimmy Butler, and give me give me the Rockets over OKC. James Harden. I don't like the style of how he plays, but you can't argue with the results. I mean he he has been the best offensive player in the NBA for the past couple of years, and that will continue. And I despise Chris Paul, so oh, give me give me the Rockets. And Chris giving Paul, the Lakers over probably the, the Trailblazers. LeBron's not going to lose a first-round series as the one seed ever. So, yeah. Oh, 
that's where I am on the NBA playoffs. Joe, I don't know if you want to go again or whatever. I mean, I, but I, I didn't get my 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 opinions. Yeah, on. yeah. Get, well, get your I think, opinions. In I there. I think that the Blazers take the Lakers to seven. I, I don't think they win. That's just silly. That's just th- silly. Okay. Anthony Davis is the problem, playing. The problem is better than LeBron, arguably. No, and that's facts. But that's factual information. But I will say this: the problem is you don't have someone to defend LeBron James. Ariza was that guy, but he's not here. But then on the other side of things, Avery Bradley was supposed to guard Damian Lillard. And Damian Lillard apparently can shoot from 75 feet away from the basket. Yeah, from the logo, like consistently. There are a few guys who comfortably – like Steph, it takes effort, man. That – but – when he's shooting those mat, those crazy jumpers from just inside half court, Lillard, it looks effortless. And he is going to be a guy that is like, I mean, Lillard, he's going to average 40 points a game in this series probably at this rate because he's hot right now. And unless you put LeBron on Lillard, I don't know who's going to guard it. You know, that's the problem here because Avery Bradley was supposed to be that guy. Kuzma? No, Kuzma, no. Kuzma wouldn't be able to guard Lillard. Not a twenty like seven year old Lillard against a young no that ain't working. Hey, give me Jr. on him. Oh yeah, yeah. JR. There you go. I give me yeah. Jr. Swish. Okay. Yeah, he might run the. <laughs> he might he might run the. Think he's on defense or think he's on offense when he's supposed to be playing defense on Lillard. So, I think the Lakers go to seven against the Blazers. I think they can lose to the Blazers. I'm jumping on. No the way that team. happens. I'm no, no way. I'm saying it's it could happen. I'm not counting it out because it's weird, man. This bubble season's weird. And True. I'm gonna, so, okay, Clippers sweep Mavs, not even a problem. Nuggets go to six or seven against the Jazz. That'll be a good series. The Jazz are good, man. Donovan Mitchell's a killer. Damian Lillard also is a killer. That's why I think the Lakers don't – I think the Lakers could lose because Lillard, like, wants to end people's careers. And the Thunder, Rockets, that's kind of a toss-up to me because the Thunder play really good team bat. They play well together. CP3 is a good leader for that team, whether or not you like him or not. That's a good roster, but I just don't know if they can handle. And they've also, I mean, it kind of sucks when you don't have a guy over 6'8 and you're the Rockets. Like, how are you going to rebound against Steven Adams? So that's a whole thing there. Um, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, the 8-9 and nine playing, that could be a good game, but there's if but John Morantz has got to score like 60 or 50 for them to win that yeah. game. He's going to have to yep. put every shot in the basket. Um, because that, yeah, especially without Jaron, there's no way. There's no way. You're right. That there, there's no way the Grizzlies win that game. No, I mean, they're obviously it's you never know, but I will say this. You know, the Blazers, man, that offense is clicking, and every single guy is making his shots. Like yep. Nur- Nurkic made a three the other day. Who the hell is seven one? You know, it's so well. It's going to be exciting. These playoffs, I'm pumped. And then on the East side, I think it's going to be Bucks, Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, or the Raptors, Bucks. I think could be an interesting series, and I think that that could happen too. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up our basketball discussion. The playoffs start Monday. Monday, they so they're taking the final day is today of the regular season, and then they take the weekend off, and playoff games start Monday night or Monday afternoon on ESPN. Um, moving on to baseball. Our beloved Detroit Tigers, over 500 in mid-August, a game and a half out of the division race. How about that? Um, so, 
it's Yvonne. So the Cleveland Indians come to town, Joe, your beloved Cleveland Indians. Um, Saturday's pitching matchup is going to be great. By the time this airs, we're going to already know what happened, but um, Tigers nine and seven game and a half out of first place in the central three against Cleveland, go to Chicago for four, then go back to Cleveland for three next weekend. And then the, the, the Tigers haven't played the Minnesota Twins yet, which are arguably a top three team in baseball. Um, but the Tigers have had some had timely hitting when they need it. Really good bullpen. Um, really good bullpen pitching. Starting pitching has been up and down. Turnbull's been a, a, a bright spot. Ivan Nova's done what he needs to do. He's pitching Friday. But, man, it's just exciting to have the Tigers the – Tigers, kind of in the mix I mean I'm probably setting myself up to get hurt but you know what I don't even care because well, the Tigers the twi- Tigers are making me happy the twins do have a pretty good hold on the division I will say um but yeah no it's gonna be an exciting match of this weekend the whole thing with Clevenger and Bieber or Clevenger and Plesak sorry yeah how I about keep that Bieber's name out my mouth um Plesak and him I, I watched a video from Plesak on Instagram. Didn't really clear anything up because he was filming a 10-minute Instagram video while driving, which doesn't seem like the safest option um, no. in traffic. But, um, you know, <laughs> I do think that, you know, I mean, Cleveland, you know, I, I, I haven't watched enough Tiger baseball. I've watched a good amount, but I haven't watched enough to be like, ah, you know, they pitching is – long-term taking care of for this team, right? They just got to get some hitting. And 9-7 is a huge improvement for, I mean, they're 16 games in, a fourth of the way into the season, and they're having a winning record. That's impressive, and, you ask me. And their ace, Matthew Boyd, has been arguably their worst starting pitcher. Which The Tigers yeah. have lost all three of his starts. Yeah, and that's the problem. So, so And it makes you wonder when they might pull up Nyes. I know, and the, there's – a faction of Tigers fans on Twitter that are, are imploring Al Avila and the Tigers to bring up Casey Mize. This is where I am on Casey Mize. Will he might be, will he maybe be able to help right now? Maybe. Is there a potential to, is there a potential to damage his confidence beyond repair? If you bring him up too early before he's ready? No. Yes, there is. So, this 60 game season, if the Tigers, if the, I mean, if the Tigers can fight for a playoff spot, great. But I don't, I'm still not sold on putting all your chips in the middle of the table on a 60 game season, you know? Like right now, the Tigers are a half game out of the wild card and a game and a half out of the division, but they've only, but, you know, they've only played 16 games. So there's still well over half of a season to play. So, I mean, I'm on – I'm if Matthew Boyd can't get it turned around and if this Tigers starting pitching suddenly goes down the tubes outside of Matthew Boyd, then talk to me about Casey Mize. But right now I think it's premature. Hey, you know what? Bring him up. That's all I got. Hank, what do you think? You guys might not have been noticing. I, I'm not – I don't follow baseball. I don't follow this year's baseball either. So, you know, my opinions are invalid on okay. Tigers baseball. 
Well, our I would faithful just, viewers so, know. Our faithful viewers know that. So Listen, you're faithful, you're gonna say so. We're just gonna say that you agree with me about Casey Mize. Yeah, you you definitely gave a more um, compelling argument, so I'm gonna have to go with you on this one then. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm here um, so I'm two Joe, you, from the peanut gallery, huh? Joe, you've uh, you've fallen into the trap of fantasy baseball, haven't you? Oh man, and who would have thought it's this easy? <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. A dandron can do it. Right, well, okay, come on, put some faith in the dandron name. What, what's the uh, what's the uh, what's the secret? How do you how what's do you pick secret? your guys? What, what's your secret? I bet you there isn't one. Oh well. Bach, unsurprisingly, you're right. There's not yeah, a Yeah, right. There's no system. <laughs> Shocker. Hey, well, okay. You know what I've been doing? I just pick up a pitcher who's starring every day. And has that been working for you? I mean, yeah, how, sure. I'm 2-0. Oh, I'm, team... I'm winning by oh, 150 you're... points this week already. 2-0. Oh, so is it a daily thing? Is it a weekly thing? No, it's a week. How does it work? Weekly ESPN Weekly. Standard. Weekly yeah, ESPN Should I go through standard. the roster? Do we care? Yeah, yeah. Go through the roster for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so hey okay also it's twins 12 and 7 division champions book it um okay so wilson Contreras, the catcher he's held down the catcher spot all year i haven't had to move him great i love him Contreras. i hate him though because the 3-1 oh. lead oh, the, <laughs> the world series Doug yeah carrasco he's... he doesn't get hurt they win the world series okay i go oh my god it. move on man i know move so, on um, and then I got another guy, Miguel Sano from the Twins. Miguel, 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 <laughs> Miguel. Uh, yeah. Hey, I told yeah, you, I'm new to this you. baseball thing. So, oh my God. Miguel Sano for third baseman, first baseman. Man, what a utility <laughs> work. Still saying Miguel. Miguel. Still saying Miguel. Miguel. Yeah, you like those quesadillas or whatever. Hey, just stop. Hey, leave me alone. We've got Brandon Lowe from the Rays holding down second base. He is on fire. Five RBIs, two homers, six runs scored the last two games. 10 to 11 points the last two games. Yeah, he's killing it. All right, and then we got this guy named Ryan McMahon. This from guy the, named. He's batting 220, apparently, and he's got eight. Act like he's some, like, dude off the street. This eight guy ribbies. named Ryan McMahon. Eight ribbies. This really? is a great segment, by the way, guys. I think we have to return this. We'll call Dandrin up at the end of every show. We'll get his base, fantasy baseball analysis. How you doing? Francisco Lindor. Oh, my God. Lindor. Oh, the tribe, baby. Change the name. Change the team's name. Lindor at shortstop. We got Hanser. Hanser. Well, I don't know how to say the name. Alberto. <laughs> 16 oh runs scored. Nine ribbies. A stolen base in there. 62 points in there. Second position. Huh? So second base, third base. Whatever. And then we've got Gio Ursula. Okay. Power hitter. Power. To bat 273, a couple of homers. He's holding it down at the third base position. And then, unbeknownst to me during the draft, because my Wi-Fi was cutting in and out. Oh, of course. Right on Look brand. at that. I auto-drafted Juan Soto, and man, what a pick. <laughs> what a pick. He, Already 10 RBIs, five homers, seven runs. Moonshot the other night, almost went out the stadium. Whatever. Michael Brantley, former Cleveland member of the baseball team. Yeah. Yep. Now he's on the uh, Astros. Cheaters. Yep. The Cheaters. The, uh, They're all Houston, hitting like. The Houston Cheaters and another Astro. 
at the outfield. Michael Brantley, Tucker, Verdugo, Fletcher, Newman. Jose Abreu, who's on the bench today, not playing. Uh, Kevin Newman. We got uh, David Fletcher, great outfielder, utility guy. Then the pitching, Granke, Giolito from the Sox. This is really – what a great segment this is. Lynn you Mesa, just, Urias. You're just reading the names <laughs> off of your – Thank you. I got Clovenger on the bench. He's day-to-day because he stuck out. I don't even know what happened. But, hey, man, we're 2-0. and We're on our way to 3-0. and I'm winning right now, 181-73, to heading into the freaking weekend. Are you kidding me? It's going to be 3-0. and Give me all your money. Put me in all the big money leagues. I'll win oh them all. My God. I, I tell you what, Joe, you, you come it. up with a name for that segment, and we'll pitch it at our next meeting. And yeah. We'll consider bringing you back to read your fantasy baseball names to us <laughs> and give us your fantasy baseball hey, uh, hey, analysis. Jordan Alvarez, not even on my team. Alvarez, he's back today. <laughs> Jordy, let's go. I love it. McQuell, McQuell Sano. Miguel Sano. There is it is. Just, is that, what, I don't know. Miguel, just uh, like Cabrera. Same thing, same really? name. Really? Cabrera, huh? Yeah. Yep. He still plays. He still plays. That is the way to end the show, isn't it? We, we, we got through it. We talked Michigan State. I, I got to say what I was pissed off about, Americans – um nba mlb lots lots of good stuff today fellas fellas it's been a pleasure follow follow impact sports at wdbm sports on twitter join us next sunday and every sunday at 11 a.m follow us on twitter now instagram to wdbm sports on facebook impact 89 fm sports and as always you can find all of our content at impact 89 fm.org slash sports you've been listening to the green and white report brought to you by impact 89 fm for joe dandron henry henry menegos i'm eric bach collins and trent will be back next week they'll talk to you then